Let's get to Mario in Donka. G'day, Mario. Guys, when President Kennedy was assassinated, Jackie's famous pink dress, the Chanel dress, was covered in blood, and she refused to take it off that day because she wanted America to see what they had done to her husband in Dallas. Now, when, when Richmond was down by 130 points... <laughs> no, listen, I've, I've vomited all over myself. <laughs> this, and I, I haven't taken it off. And I've, I've been walking around the petrol station. I slept in... No, listen, listen, listen. I walked around all day. I, I want everyone to see... Stop it! I want everyone oh, to man. see what Richmond's done to me. Just recreation sake to pass the time away. Lots of fun, heaps of fun. Enjoy yourself today. North Melbourne boys are hard to beat when they come out to play. So join in the chorus, singing one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. North Melbourne will be. To the stern look, I'm Kangaroos Forever. Today we have Australia's reigning junior mathlete champion. Welcome back, Nate Seven. G'day, and thanks for having me back. Good to have you on. Straight from the Toyota factory, we have Red Mist returning. Welcome. How's it going, guys? Good, mate. Good. Also tonight, we have the ever-positive and ever-happy Quiv. Welcome. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Good to have you on. <laughs> For tonight's show will be the normal structure, except um, Nate wanted me to ask, very sternly, um, what what's he been up to the last two months? So, what have you been up to, Nate? Well, I've um I've been away, and um it's probably been good for everyone so that they don't have to listen to my fucking voice. Um, over Rio has been a been a bit of an interesting sort of experience to put it that way. Um, competition over there was pretty hard. Um, and everything that you heard in the news is probably correct uh, in terms of things going lost, things not working, things plumbing just not up to, up to it at all. Uh, and most of us just doing running late night repairs through you know make believe electricians and all sorts of stuff all night. Uh, none of us got accosted. None of us had any of our stuff stolen. So I think that's that's about the only thing, the only positive that I brought out of it. Really interesting experience. Um, being over there, being a part of it, but, um, it's, it is good to be back. Good to be back on safe soil. Um, yeah, that's. Is there anything you want to ask in particular, or are you just? I'm just curious to know what you've been up to. That's all. Just <laughs> <relentlessness. laughs> Oh, just, just, just a bit of just a bit of you know, <laughs> a bit of beach, a bit of attempting to talk the local lingo and not quite working, and oh, I don't know, being threatened a few times. But that's you know, that's part of Rio. But, um, well, you get threatened yeah. every day, don't you? You pick fights uh, with everyone. Uh, yeah, well, it's not too dissimilar to being on Big Footy. Only I don't get picked on Big Footy. It's, it tends to be a lot of other people on, like Arjun the Great, who I'm told is now suspended, um, and possibly the Zebel. And, and look, I've got nothing against those guys. And, and Philly Roo, who loves a, loves to start a fight and but just can't take it himself. There's, there's a few others, but um, yeah, there's, there's some kind of similarities there, but um, the only difference is one has guns and the other one's just a whole bunch of keyboard smashes. 
So I think I'm safe on big footy. Fair enough. We'll move straight on to thumbs up. Thanks for that, mate. Uh, moving up the thumbs up, thumbs down. So basically two positives, two negatives, as I'm sure everyone's familiar with that. So my first thumbs up is the good turnout for the women's game last Saturday night. I quite enjoyed watching it from my lounge room. It was a very good spectacle to 16 on the field and 6 on the bench, which was an interesting concept, but I hope the AFL doesn't adopt it. And my second thumbs up will be probably, I know I'm stretching a bit here, but the improved form of Mullet against the Giants. I thought it was quite good. Um, my first thumbs down is just really, it's our forms just not improving. The standard isn't final standard at the moment. A lot of our players are not playing at the level they should be. Whether that's them carrying injuries or the half injured, I'm not sure, but it's just not quite right. And my second thumbs down is also the injury list, which we simply cannot overcome at the moment. We're lacking a few important players, but hopefully we can provide a good contest this weekend. So, Nate, your positives and negatives. Yeah, just a, a positive, probably a wave from football and more uh, North Melbourne Big Footy Board specific is just the board rallying around Dark Phoenix and the Big Lebowski. I hope you've, I've got both of your names correct there. Um, and just the way that the board comes together. I mean, a lot of us ha- tend to have really opposing and polarising opinions and views. Um, but to come together for guys who are in need and who might be suffering in, in different, very different ways um, it's good to see everyone sort of bind together and, and come together for them um, and just put their views aside momentarily. Uh, on a negative, a bit of a weird one, and one of you guys might be able to correct me on this, is I don't think that North Melbourne Football Club have advertised anything about a Melbourne training session prior to going to Adelaide. And I only know about them advertising the public training session in Adelaide from, I think, 4.30 to 5.15 Adelaide time over there. Um, and I just thought it was pretty poor form considering what's been happening. You would have thought that with players potentially playing their last game, Boomer, Petrie, Ferrito and Dow over there, that um, spectators would love to give a bit of a send-off. That is assuming there is a loss there, but um, I, I don't know why North would not advertise a, a public session there. That's just my only gripe. Um, yeah, that's all I've got on that. You're going to say something, Quiff? So didn't they do something last week? Didn't they have an open training session last week for everybody? I don't know because I haven't been around as much, so that's probably more up to you guys. Right, fair enough. Well, Quiv, you may as well do your positives and negatives. Um, negative for me is probably the buy. Um, whilst the the two games that were on were reasonably entertaining, it still wasn't real football. Um, and that leads into my likes, I guess, is thumbs up, is that footy's is back, and footy is back, and it's finals time. Let's get into it. Fair enough. And Red Mist, any positives and negatives? Um, I think Quib just stole my thunder there for a negative. I was going to say he does that quite. A, does that quite often? Yeah, I think the <laughs> buy round was. I don't think it was necessary. I think it's better to like just keep on playing. So that's a bit of a negative, and I really can't come up with a positive right now. So no, you're right. If I can pass on that, that'd be maybe I'll come up with one a bit later. No worries, mate. Thanks for that. Uh, club discussion now is the next segment. So, list management's been the main topic of the North Board, and there's been a bit of craziness in the trade thread with a few North posters just going off the nut completely. Um, really, Nate, I just want to ask: Is there anyone else we should consider moving on for next season from the four we've um, already got already? 
is there anyone we should or anyone I would like to? Oh, um, both, if you'd like. Yeah, well, look, previously um, I, and maybe you, well, in me in particular, I'll just speak for myself, I would have said we may have had a, a few players who are completely off the table regardless of what you throw at us. But I think um, over the weeks that have been happening since I've been back, um, sort of speak, uh, tried to talk myself into this and thinking, you know, okay, this is for the betterment of the club. And so, you know, it's, it's just, it is the way to go and just back the club in and just stop um, going about the negatives and saying, oh, you know, woe is me and this and that. Who should we move on? Um, I think all the talk about Nahas going, possibly Brad McKenzie for trade, which I find really weird because I don't know if there's going to be much trade value there. Aaron Black is another one for trade. I don't know where there's going to be any trade value there. Um, I think any player, including Andrew Swallow, Todd Goldstein, and I know I'm probably going to get held down for that, but if you have to think about it, this is for possibly three or four years in advance. It is not just for next year. So if it means bringing in a couple of high-range picks, if it means bringing in some absolute elite players, then you must do it. So therefore, I think that any player on the North Melbourne list is um, up. I don't... I, just cannot see any player just being immune to that. Um, a couple of years ago, I would have said, oh, yeah, Swallow, Zeeble, Cunnington, uh, Goldie, maybe Petrie at a stretch, and maybe even three or four years ago, maybe Lockie Hanson, but I'd, I'd put anyone on the table right now. Anyone? If it, means a, if it means a premiership, if it means finishing top four minimum, if it means a solid, solid season, if it means bringing in extreme, like, absolute elite class, if it means elite speed, if it means... Um, high picks, you name it. If it just means that sort of stuff, then I'm all for it because you can't just sit there and go, oh, but oh, but Goldie, oh, but Swallow, oh, but he's our captain, which is the amount of times I'm at a North Melbourne game and someone like, okay, I don't need to name drop him, but particular posters will say to me, oh, but Nate, you can't get rid of Swallow because he's the captain. Well, here's the thing, we can. Just because he's got the seed, just because he has the title, doesn't mean he's immune to that. Anyone can go, contracted or uncontracted, they can go. And it just comes down to where does the club want to go. Um, some tough decisions have been made, and it's good that um, Walshy has probably forced upon Brad Scott to make those decisions. But, yeah, that's, that's great. Yep. I back what's, it. The, what's the consensus regarding the three guys? Uh, is it well, like the right decision, or was it well, you wanted to keep one and have two go? Really, it's the four players, because you've, you've got Dal Petrie... Um, Harvey and Spud, sorry, yeah, the four of them. Um, It is. It was a case of, from all reports, that one, if not two of them, fronted Brad Scott and said, look, I want to know because I want my family to be there because I want to know if this is going to be my last season or not. I'm not leaving this room. Um, These are all um, allegations, of course. And then um, Brad was put into the position where he was essentially had to tell them, look, um, you're not going to be around, so this is the way that North Melbourne is moving forward. You won't be renewed. Um, your contracts for the four of those players uh, finish at the end of October this year. So this is the way it is. Um, the players were pretty pissed about it. Um, yeah. And that's part of the reason why, after a particular training session, they didn't want to make a, um, a media conference. They didn't want to go about it because they were too upset, and that's fair enough, and they wanted to get around themselves. But... Um, yeah, look, that could be handled probably a lot better than it was. Um, I mean, that's that's my own perspective, but the general consensus, you'd have to ask the other two on the on the podcast. But um, I don't know. I suppose okay. maybe I'll just talk myself into it. Would uh, you guys consider it like next year's sort of like a new rebuild type thing, or or whether we go full tilt rebuild? Well, yeah, like Melbourne. 
Not quite Melbourne. I think... I think I like a is, mini, mini one, like a mini rebuild with those four older guys. In terms of consensus, um, most are in favour of a full rebuild, but that's not factoring in. We've got a lot, a lot of our midfield, with the exception of Harvey and Dow, and they're not always in there, is that they're still a fairly young midfield. Like, yeah. So it doesn't need to be a complete full rebuild, but we, you just can't do one or two little changes here or there. We do need to get some elite talent in, and this is... This is the debate, how do we do it? And the problem is that names we're offering up, like Hanson, McKenzie, like Hanson's one concussion away from retirement. McKenzie has no value, Black has no value. This is the problem and debates we're having. Who do we trade? Who do we keep? Do we go for a rebuild? These are all questions that are going to have to be answered. So I'm not sure how we'll go about it, to be honest. We'll I think trade period would be very interesting for us in any case. There's always like well, three, or, three or four players on a list that end up having no value, so you don't know what to do, whether they're going to DFA at the end of the year and you get nothing, or maybe there's a, what do you call it, a free agent that will only get you a, a one of those picks. Oh, compensation. Compensation yeah. pick. And, um, yeah, it's, it's usually, the list turnover is usually, what, three to five players a year if you're running okay, but, yeah, the clean-out's probably, what, eight to ten? Yeah, I'll say I'll be doing close to that, at least six or seven, because it'll be Mullet and, not Mullet, um, Nahas and Ray will be gone, so it'll be six, and maybe well, two more. the or, general consensus is is that I think just about everyone thinks that Nahas and Ray is but can you imagine the shitstorm that happens when both, when even if one of them stays, one of them remains and the other one's gone, if not, or if both of them stay, you just mm. have to think, what the fuck is North Melbourne up to? But, you know, I think you're right. Um, they, they, they would have to go. But then a year or two ago, you would have said that Brad McKenzie was first one out the door. And would then, you upgrade rookies? Well, there's Fordham and Pruce, and I don't know who else is on the list. Well, um, Pruce is a project ruckman, and Fordham... I'd... Is likable, no. but yeah, not he's not going to quite make it. I don't think so. Well, not yet. Um, it, he's so still very young. You can fill that list again as well. Yeah, like we'll, we always target the rookie draft anyway. Usually to pick up someone, we use usually use it pretty well. So we've had some really good players come through the rookie draft. We've had some good guys. I mean, I mean, this is at a stretch. Michael Ferrito, Spud Ferrito's been one. Um, and you look at further down the list. Andrew Swallowed, now captain, was taken somewhere between picks 30 and 60-something. I can't remember what it was. 65 or something, wasn't it? Really well down the list, and there's been a number of players who um, have done that. So it, it can be a bit of a gold mine. Oh, it can be also a bit of a hit and hope, really, to use one of my old pillars. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Quiv, uh, what do you think North's trade strategy should be? Like, who should we be targeting? Um, not who we're apparently targeting, for sure, and Chris Main and go. Um, but I can't really add much more than Nate. I think pretty much what he said's free, uh, correct. I think I even mentioned earlier that Goldie and Wells should definitely be up for trade, so my opinion is... Wells as well. Yep. Yep. I, I don't reckon anybody's untouchable. If we can get something out of anybody that's going to prepare us for the next four years, we need to take it. Yeah, well, we're in a, rid of us. I mean, we got rid of our club champions. So. The problem is with Wells, though, is his contract situation is either he signs or he leaves and we don't get much for him. That's the problem because he's uh, unrestricted. We're not going to get anything for him. And honestly, I, I don't think it's that big of a loss. He'd, um, he doesn't get on the park for mine. Yep. Even when he has this year, he hasn't been that great. 
Is that a what few? Was it, Achilles or something? That was Swallow. Oh, um, it's well, everything it's got foot problems or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, he's had a lot of tendonitis type, you know, the, the injuries that long term aren't going to be great for him. So he sp- he spends chunks of the season out, not like just yeah, with soreness t- that type of thing. Yeah, it's it's not great. Hanson was very similar. And problem is with those two, one suffering too much from concussion, the other one has a lot of ankle problems. So it's just long term, it's not great for some of our players. They're, they're going to have to make a choice at some point. But if Wells is pushing for five fifty a year, he can obviously feel like he can play and get on the park. I was just going to say, hey Quiv, do you remember? Um last year and probably early this year the round four Fremantle game you me Philly were in the victory room prior to the game and I said oh swallow trade Wells trade and I'm not sure if it was you but I know Philly looked at me like he said what the fuck are you on about yeah um, trading Wells and I said free up cap space if it has to and I said this is a guy who cannot get on the park this is a guy and I said if it means freeing up resource and I remember using that term at the time and still I'm thinking the same thing to the point where it's I'm apathetic about it. Like, I just don't give a fuck if he goes or if he stays, although my preference would be go. Yes, I know that removes class, and yes, I know that it removes speed, but, um, yeah, time to go. Seriously. I mean, how many years can you put into a guy who can barely get on the park? But Who do you got to replace him is the more important thing, and that's the counter-argument with that. Well... Like, I know yeah. Clark's great, he's quick and all that. Same with Anderson, but the problem is... That's all well and good, but they're extremely raw. Or you could try and chase someone uh, via trades, or you could go to the draft, or you could not go a like but, for like in terms of replacement, but you could find something to sort of balance that <clears throat> across the team. So a bit of a side sort of comment with that is you don't always bring in someone into a your 22 the following week who is going to be a like for like replacement. It might be something that best... Um, can take on the opposition. So it might be a case if you bring in the extra t- defender, you might not um, bring in the extra attacker. It might be all sorts of things. So it might be a case of, say, for example, when Gibson, no, not Gibson, um, Mullet and McKenzie were the whipping boys and consistently in and out, and even Majak Door, it might be the case if you might bring in the extra defender or the extra mid. So I don't know if there's a case of, sort of when you say, oh, replacing Daniel Wells, well, you're not going to replace Daniel Wells. You're going to find someone else who can do something a little bit different and probably complement the team is probably the, one of the better arguments to take there. But, yeah, look, he's a once-in-a-generation type player, but then again, he's... He just can't on the park. Yeah, he's just constantly injured. It's just becoming a joke. It is when a joke. did he first start playing? Seniors? Two, yeah, when, when did Wells first get drafted? That was early 2000s? 2002. 2002. Yeah, 2002. Part of the Kerry stuff, and Richmond apparently didn't take him or something with their first oh, pick. It's like 12, 14 seasons now or something. Mm. Like, like at 2007, him and Harvey were very good together, but he just can't get on the park. It's his one drawback. And he, even when he does play, he usually only averages about that low 20s kind of thing. He, he's not as classy at the ball as some people actually say he is. Yeah, in previous years he has been, but injury's obviously taken its toll and he's not there anymore. His vision's there, but he's, he doesn't have the penetration he's kicking. He doesn't have that absolute pace he absolutely used to. He doesn't well, glide like he used to. A lot of that, that pace you talk about, Kay, is just too, just due to the... Well, how do oh, it's just the nature of injuries. Yeah, it's that, but it's, it's mainly due to the severe calf injuries that he's had and, those, and the scar tissue that it just 
keeps breaking apart. So it's not really healing as well as they thought. And there was the ankle and uh, it's just, it's one or the other and sometimes both. It is pretty bad. And it's, and just, it's also um, a confidence yeah. thing like it did to Harper. That yeah. killed Harper's confidence as you, as we talked about in previous seasons when oh, we had Harper. Look, at, at, at least it's not at fucking at Taylor Garner sort of esque levels, in which case you'd go, well, put a fork in him tight. We're getting sort of to that point with Garner as well, so who knows? Yep. Righto. We'll move on to a question for Red Mist. Uh, so Adelaide's targets or trade or drafting targets, what are you looking at? Uh, definitely a midfielder. Scott Thompson's maybe going around again next year, so uh, he'll be um, on a one-year contract, but we still really need a, a gun mid to really complement our midfield, make us a little bit more... Uh, less one paced. We definitely need uh, something with a bit of speed inside, outside. And I think there's rumours on our trade thread. People are always talking up Tom Rockcliffe and um, interesting pickup. Yeah, that's right. And but apparently he's on monster money in Brisbane, so I'm not too sure what's what's happening there. Well, there's reports he almost want. There's either him or Lewis Taylor wanted up to three quarter of a million dollars or something like that. Something ridiculous. So well, he's on, on close to 800 at the moment up in Brisbane, so Jesus. if we managed to snare him away from there, we'd have to probably match that. And no player in Adelaide space? gets paid it. Pardon? Do you have the cap space for it? Yeah, I believe so. I think people are sort of like coming up with the figures that we might have something around a million dollars in cap space. Mm. So we are definitely looking to trade in a mid if we could, but we're not too sure there's many out there in the market, really. What about that Patrick Dangerfield bloke? Yeah, that fella. Yeah, he decided to go home to go home to greener pastures. So, would how would you feel if he ever went back? If he went to Port instead of Geelong? Imagine the reaction. Oh, World War Three in Adelaide. <laughs> He'll be lynched. <laughs> but the thing is, like, you know, say for example, David King on three sixty said. Adelaide are going to be a five or six game worse off without Patrick Danger. We only lost six games, so I guess he's telling the truth. <laughs> uh, don't encourage him, please. <laughs> he's an absolute moron. <laughs> he is a moron. Well, the thing is, I guess what I'm trying to say is that our midfield has basically stepped up this year. Everybody's chipped in, and we have basically performed better than we last year with Danger. Well, yeah, you're much more even side. I feel. Anyway, we'll probably get a bit off topic. We'll get yep. into that with the preview. So we'll move quickly on to the VFL. So, Nate, you want to do that or do you want me to lead you in? Oh, no, that's cool. I'm just looking at the Bulldogs game at the moment um, against the West Coast. Um, oh, yeah, so the last round, because it was um, over a fort, about, about a fortnight ago that you last did the podcast, so um, the game was uh, two days after that. So Werribee in the final round beat Sandringham 94-74. Um, uh, Werribee in a previous game I think did beat Sandy which I think Philly and I and maybe a few others were at down at Sandy or am I thinking maybe the loss anyway that was ages ago um, some of the best were Clark Pruce and I'm pretty sure BMAC was in, was actually listed in that which yeah okay whatever um, uh, Naha 3 Mackay 2 Fordham Mountford Clark and Wags all with the 1 um, even Joel Tippett who is consistently lambasted across the North Melbourne board Big footy board. He actually performed really well that day. Um, well, yeah, he just missed out, I suppose, on a position in the best. But um, 
Yeah, that's basically all for the VFL, and that's all for Werribee for this year because they're not playing in the finals, obviously. And um, there's a massive redevelopment down at Avalon Airport Oval, Chernside Park, and it remains to be seen when that'll be completed. And that's about all. Thanks for that, mate. Uh, we'll move straight on to questions now, so let me just get them up. 28 to 13, Western Bulldogs up. Um, hey, hey, Kay, just while you're just getting the questions up, yep. um, now the Bulldogs are up, this might be one of your favourite players. It's got a goal, Tory Dixon. Fucking hell. Um, he's amongst the goals. You've got Caleb Daniel, Liam Picken, oh, yeah, and Eagles' favourite, Jack Darling. Of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Waiting for him to Any... drop a mark so my life can be complete. <laughs> Who else has got goals? Oh, yeah, Josh Kennedy behind Tory Dixon. Okay, oh, no. that, that, don't you worry. Josh Hill and Jamie Cripps, they'll front-run the goal. Don't worry about that. Absolute plotters. That should have been delisted 30,000 years ago. Anyway, we'll move on to the questions. <laughs> um, Nate, um, who's basically going to be cheering off the four departing players? I did see this question and I thought that's hilarious because in the past it used to be your main man, McMahon or McMahon. Um, Chocolate man. <laughs> chocolates, <laughs> chocolate milkshake, um, Spud and Scooter. So would they take turns in cheering each other off? So maybe doing 50 metres each. So they, I don't know, um, Scooter might run down from the bench and assuming it's this, this weekend in Adelaide um, or off the um, stand there and cheer off. Spud and then Spud will turn around and chair off um, Petrie. God knows who else. I don't know. Uh, as someone said, actually, in that same question or in that same thread, there's going to be about, what, eight to ten guys who are lining the... Um, the what, what's the little thing, the little goodbye and thanks for coming where they go through the gate or the, is it like an Avenue of Honour type thing? Where you're guard of Honour. Yeah, Guard of Honour, that type of thing. So... With four players being sent off and two players per, six, eight, nine, to 11, 12 players. Yeah, that leaves about 10 players to... Okay, so I think they're all just going to take turns because pretty massive blokes to... Okay, apart from Nick Del Santo because he's really little as we've all seen and we've all heard. Um. Uh, uh, this show just gets classier and classier. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I don't know. I think they'll all take turns. God, that just sounds so sus. Anyway... Uh, a bit of a joke question for Red Mist from oh. Jay-Z. Yeah. If Adelaide didn't shit the bed so badly against West Coast two weeks ago, <laughs> they won the flag. Um, I don't think so. I don't still don't think we're ready. I think we're still building. I think we need to still add in some outside run. And like, there's guys in the reserves that haven't managed to make the first 22 this year that I think will definitely be in the first 22 next year. Guys like Troy Menzel, who will replace maybe Richard Douglas, and maybe Kirtley Hampton, who's a half-back runner who might come in the side and um, release Brody Smith in midfield. Um, yeah, there's definitely a few blokes that we've got in the in the ranks that aren't getting picked this year that will definitely form the first 22 next year. So I don't think we were ready, and uh, I, I think we we basically. Fifth place finish on the ladder is basically where we're at. Fair enough. Brody Smith in the midfield, have you trialled that before? Yeah, I think he's had a few runs in there before, and um, yeah, he's been quite influential in there. I think having him a, a kick up the ground from half-back would be handy because he can get the ball on the outside and then deliver the ball quite deep. Okay. At the moment, he's like sitting at half-back and maybe the, sh- the entries are a bit shallow when he delivers it because he's like one of our biggest... Um, meet his game guys but uh, 
yeah, it'd be good to have him sort of more up the midfield and, and, and deliver the ball sort of pretty deep into the forward line. Uh, Quiv, are you as embarrassed as me? This is from Mutley45, with the latest presses, particularly Swallows and Petries, with the focus on the team being at the door, apparently. So I was hoping I didn't get this question. Um, I, I haven't seen anything. I've pretty much seen in the media blackout. Um, it's basically that, um, you know, I feel like I can bring, Peachy saying oh, I can bring my best, yada, yada, yada. Like, it's a bit more individual focused. Uh, it's just your, still your typical cliche bullcrap, which I don't really care for. Shot in the field. I don't, I don't care if you say you can do it. Prove it. Fair enough. Well, I'll give you an easier question. Um, which teams will be into Del Santo if he, if he's going to be just traded out? Um, oh, look, I don't know. He's, he's cooked, but, He's a very smart player. He could play and he could squeeze another year out, maybe, in, in a team that just wants an on-field leader. Um, so Collingwood's the, apparently the front runner in this regard. I don't think Collingwood's the go for him. Um, ironically, I think the Saints he would be a perfect fit for. <laughs> It'll be funny. It would, you know, just a little bit more experience in the midfield for just a year. It would be brilliant. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be taking a pun on him. Fair enough. Uh, that's pretty much it for questions. They weren't a heat this week. I didn't expect many, to be honest. Uh, we'll just do a quick review. I know the review, the, the game wasn't great to watch, really, after half-time. Uh, Benny Brown played a pretty good game, but I think everyone's just, just a bit flat from the announcements from the week before. Even the crowd was up pretty poor numbers-wise, and there was no atmosphere. Everyone was a bit depressed about everything, I believe. Uh, Quiff, did you watch it at all? Um, I was there. Uh, I can't really remember much. I, I remember being bored. It was a very boring experience. Um, we won the toss, I think, and chose to kick up the other end, which doesn't help matters. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to say. I don't remember much of it at all. It's two weeks ago now. Blame the buyer. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Nate, did you watch it at all? Or my, yeah, it was my, or my, it was my first game. Yeah, it was my first game back in a while. And um, after the poor debacle, I think I said that in a previous thread that um, yeah, it was my first game back. And um, yeah, like a lot of posters, I was actually really pissed off with some of the stuff they were writing in terms of them leaving. And I was borderline with leaving before the final fucking siren. And people I was with, they were suggesting that I stay, and I didn't want, really want to. But um, yeah, stuck it out regrettably. And um, yeah, it was a really disgusting display. There was just no, there was nothing from the crowd. It was just, there was no feeling. There was no feeling in the game. It was, I don't know, it, it just really felt flat. The entire stadium, everything about that game felt really shithouse. And you, you couldn't put it on one particular thing. It was just the entire thing from the very beginning or even well before it. But um, It was almost yeah, funeral like. It, it felt like worse. that as a spectator watching it on TV as well. You, did go, you guys did look flat. Definitely. Mate, I've been to, as someone said, and I actually was thinking about this when they wrote that, I've been to some funerals and I've been to some wakes which have had more vibrancy about that and a bit more oomph and a bit, of, a bit more get up and go, pardon the pun, but that's that's how bad it was. And the absolute get-go, it, that's exactly how it was. I'm sorry, from my perspective, but um, yeah, I, I've never been to a game so poor as, as poor as that. Yeah, well, I think just from a pure game standpoint, taking all that aside... Uh, yeah, the contested ball wasn't great. We got absolutely 
belted on the outside at times. He made Toby Green look like a god. We made Stevie J look a thousand times better than he is. It was just one of those games where you just go, nut. Nah, I've had enough. I'm turning yeah, it off. Were you guys playing the possession game a fair bit, like keep his off? Or were you trying to create, run and generate? Um, we Actually, I do think we're just trying to generate run. Like That's the first game I've seen Mullet actually run all year. Normally just hand balls it off or turns it over. But, yeah, well, it is true. Anyway, um, now I do truly believe we tried to play a rebound style, like clog it up and then rebound type of thing. But I think they got out the back too many times. Like our defenders are fine one-on-one, but the problem is they just run back. They front run better than the other side, and they're quick oh, too. Okay, oh, sorry, I will... Sorry for interrupting. I will say one thing is, with all the people, and I'm one of them that doesn't really like Brad Scott as a game day coach, that he did make some positive moves, although I don't know if... Look, he made some moves, and that's why a lot of people keep saying that he doesn't, and he uh, and that's just reiterate and push on what Philly said a um, month or two months back, or pretty much every week that he's on. He does make moves, and I did witness a lot of that, whether it's Petri down, center halfback, or a few other things, but um, uh, yeah, it, it comes down to a bit of personnel, and the changes, sorry, in the positioning to begin with, and um, changing it late in the game doesn't really help being behind the eight ball. But um, yeah, I suppose that's sort of a, a positive for one B Scott. But yeah, <laughs> I didn't like the game. Erase the tape, as you say. Fair enough. Uh, we'll quickly just talk about the Adelaide game. Um, what went wrong with Adelaide? Oh man, oh, we got beaten from the first bounce. Really, I think we had Jacobs in there. I don't think he was fully fit. He was up against two pretty big physical guys in Lysette and I think Jonathan Giles, who's been around three different clubs, but he got smashed bloody Jacob. So we couldn't get our first hand on the ball. Uh, we were really indecisive um, out of the back line. We were kicking short. There were a lot of turnovers. Um, I think West Coast had set up really well to try and force us to maybe kick long down the line. And, um, yeah, we were just comprehensively outplayed for the night, I think. So it was a disappointing loss, and it was probably our worst performance for the year. So it's a good form line for us to go into the first week of finals. <laughs> well, it could be as bad as ours. Anyway. Well, that's the thing. I think both sides are uh, probably not in the best shape at the moment, but it's first week of finals, so anything. Exactly right. Um, preview time. We may as well go get into it. So, ins and outs. North hasn't changed anyone. The emergencies for North are Mackenzie, Clark and Wagner. So, we'll probably go in a bit shorter. If anyone goes out, which I doubt. And for Adelaide, they've got Brody Smith back, which is great, and Rory Sloan, which isn't great for us. Henderson goes out, and Yolman's out. The emergencies are Riley Knight, who I wouldn't mind at North, just quietly. O'Brien, the Ruckman, and Henderson is also in the emergencies. Matchups, we were talking about this before, so Adelaide forward line, how do we see the matchups, boys? Tarrant, straight to Tex, obviously. Um, that's going to be a good battle. Two big, strong, bodied men like that. Um, but the key is obviously stopping Eddie Betts. Um, I don't know how you do that. He's allowed to have the ball out of bounds and cost short only goal of the year. Um, <laughs> when was that? Oh, not yet, but it'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> this year it's bound to happen. Anyway. <laughs> Betts, didn't, Betts didn't really um, have the best game last round, so yeah, we'd all be hoping that well, especially the Adelaide supporters would be hoping that he'd um, bounce back, um, hopefully kick a bag. 
Yeah. Uh, rest of the matchups at lead to bets. Do we believe? Yes. No. Maybe. I think that's incredibly crazy. Anyway, at lead to bets. I mean, sure you can match him for speed, but I don't think Ellie's got the the skill to go with somebody like bets, especially at ground level. So who do we send the bets? Uh, it's it's tough. I don't know. I don't think we've got anybody that really. Who's done it in the past? Thompson. Yeah, exactly. And what's happened every other time? Bets kick goals. Thompson's always slipping over and rolling his ankles and all this sort of shit, and not being able to keep up. So I don't know. Um, somehow corral him, negate him, do whatever you can, and I don't know. Fucking hell, midfield, get your ass into gear. Uh, <laughs> yes. Pretty much, and stop the good delivery inside fifty. Yeah. Whether or not that happens. Hey, Red Mist, um, we were talking before the show about these matchups as well. Um, yeah. I'll Hardigan plays his 50th game, according to the AFL website. Do you reckon he'll take on or match up at the start with Drew Petrie? Um, or, I'd say or, so. Um, you've got Ben Brown down there as well. So who, who are your, your tools? You've got Petrie, Dorr. Brown and Dorr? Yep. He, could actually, he could actually go with Dorr, but Jake Lever might go on Petrie. Yeah, I could see that happening. Either or kind of situation. Like, I'll probably switch. Dawes a bit of a man mountain. He's incredibly strong. And I'd say Kyle Hardigan match it with, say, Daniel Talia as being the, the two strongest uh, back stoppers that we've got. So I think Talia is on Brown. Then, yeah, definitely Hardigan would have to be accountable for Daw. Yeah. So Luke, Luke Brown probably go to Thomas again. Well, that's right. And the thing is, there's a question mark about Brown. He's, he's had a bit of a low ebb in the last month or so, and we're thinking that he's carrying a groin. He had a couple of weeks off uh, just after the bye, I think. And, um, yeah, there's question marks about him. Uh, there was also question marks about Kyle Chaney, but both of them have pulled through training this week, so hopefully they uh, don't re-injure themselves early on in the game. Who would Chaney probably go to? Look, just looking at the list now. He's probably a bit too tall to play on a Higgins type, though that could be possible. That'd probably be the best bet, I reckon. Um, Chaney does a lot of chop-out work, and so does Lever. So what the Chaney and Lever will be attempting to do is to, to work off their players as much as possible and help out. Chaney would be helping out Brown, who's got the job on Thomas, and so would Laird. And um, I think, yeah, Lever would probably try and help out either Tyler or Hardigan as much as you can. Yeah. And the midfield matchups they'll pretty much be head to head football. That's the way both sides like to play it. Both like their contested football. Uh I don't see Gibson really going doing a job on anyone. I don't think there'll be a heap of tagging to be honest. I think it'll be just a game of whoever wins the contested football and just takes their opportunities to be honest. That's the way I see it hanging out. I don't think the weather's gonna be any real true issue, I don't believe. I know you said you've got thunderstorms but Oh, yeah, that's tonight. I think two days from now it'll be fine. I think it'll probably just... Adelaide Oval's probably... When it's night time on this time of the year, it probably gets a little bit slippery. So that'd be the only issue. Yep. So, so I'm expecting maybe there might be some sloppy disposal by, by both sides here and there, but that's sort of what you get in finals. It's going to be tight and hard in the in the midfield, I reckon, for most of the game and... Yeah, each each side that probably wins the the contested stuff and manages to get the ball flowing cleanly will will have an advantage. Yep. Uh, anything else to add, fellas, before we finish up? Yeah, I was I was actually just thinking. Um, traditionally, some of the both of these teams are pretty hard at it and can be pretty high on the scoring um, for and not against. Obviously, 
But I was thinking that's more home and away. Would finals be a completely different um, game compared to, say, the home and away season in terms of both teams won't... Uh, in, the, in the past, probably wouldn't have had a really a tight mark on each other. Um, and maybe they will this time. I think, that's the way you'd like, I think that's the way you guys would want to play it. And I think that you've got experience in playing that. And I don't think we've got as great experience of dealing with it. I think we like the game to be open. And that's how we get our avenues to go, by having uh, people out in space and kicking over lines and, and running. So, yeah, I don't think we're fully suited to the, the tight Contested styles game. Yeah, I was thinking it might have been a bit of a shootout, but then I had to remind myself, you know, this is finals, this is a completely different kettle of fish. So I was thinking maybe it's going to be a low-scoring tussle. Um, sort of hard to see how it would pan out. It could um, be either that or Adelaide win by a lot. That's the only two results I've really seen. If it is an open game, Adelaide will thump us, to be honest. If it's yeah. a contested one, I see us. Yeah, that's what we want to do. We'll try and we'd want to try and. Make it open as possible, so we'll probably be trying to, you know, run off half back, kick long to say a Lynch or a Jenkins or someone that like that who's running off the ball. Like we've got a lot of goals through what what they call Joe the Goose or getting over the top, and yeah. um, I think you guys would be definitely cutting off that avenue. I think and, for uh, North Melbourne it's probably a case of start early, hard and fast, and really get the jump on, on Adelaide and then go back to the really tight, hard, contested footy and really the tight one-on-one marking or even in groups and pairs. And then really taking a stranglehold from there and as, assuming North Melbourne can hang on, then they would be a chance. But if they let Adelaide have that sniff for even half of the game, I think uh, it's more than a, an even chance that um, Adelaide would win that. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's my opinion and I... I I don't know. I don't know what you guys think on that. No, I do agree. I feel if we set up pressure straight away, that will be the key indicator. If our pressure's up from the first bounce, I feel we'll be in it. But to be it's, fair, a big, yeah, it's a big if. Pressure at the start of the Eagles game last year was immense as well. Yeah, hopefully you've learned something. Oh my God, I hope we've learned something. Oh, you, <laughs> you would have you would have watched the games that we played against Geelong this year, and also that that last West Coast game, and that's when the pressure was on. We were forced into hat kicks out of stoppages and and uh, <laughs> kicking kicking down the line. So I'd say if you've been watching those games, you think to pressure us as much as possible, force turnovers by making us dispose of it poor. Yeah, that that would suit us if you do kick down the line because we tend to play a style that's very similar to that. We like contesting the football, getting numbers of the football. So it would suit us, definitely. Uh, anything else to add before we finish up, fellas? Um, bad news, guys. Um, Bulldogs are winning 34-16. And in other good news, um, Scott Lysett from West Coast Eagles is off due to an injury. Tory Dixon's got another goal. Um, I don't know why I'm talking about the West Coast, but, oh, God, I had them by 56 points plus to win. Anyway, yeah, so the Bulldogs are up. This is not good news. Oh, it's good good news for you losing money. Um, <laughs> uh, thank, thanks for jumping on, everybody. I, I do appreciate that. Nate, Quiv, Red Mist, thanks for that. My pleasure. Not a problem at all. Thanks, Nate. And thanks for tuning in, everyone. I hope you can... We'll probably have one more show before the year's out with a review and trade kind of show, so stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening. <laughs>